0: Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Welcome to church. We're glad that you're here. If you, if you notice, maybe you've been following our emails or our Facebook or anything else, we were going to have a guest speaker here this morning with us my dear friend gabe which i announced to him uh, last week and i was really hyping him up and so maybe you came this morning expecting a latino maybe you came this morning expecting somebody you could identify with better unfortunately he's not here today his wife picked him up from the airport and on the way home they got in a car accident he got a uh, rear ended ended up totaling the car and and just just bad stuff. And so his wife calls me yesterday about four o'clock and and definitely apologetic. But man, more importantly, we just Man, we we feel for him, and if you've been in a car accident, you know the pain, and you know the pain the next morning when you wake up, and uh, we would not want him to come preach and share what God has put on his heart in pain like that when we can just reschedule, right? We can just reschedule and bring him back another time. So will you take a moment and pray for Gabe with me? Father, we love you. Jesus, we, um, Father, we just pray for Gabe right now, God, as he's resting at home. I pray for him and Nancy, God. I pray that you would just bless him, Jesus. I just pray that you would touch his body, Father. I pray that you would work out the finances to replace a car, Father God, that's lost. And Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would be with him today. Thank you for Gabe Salazar. Thank you for his family. Bless him today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well... I, I'm, I'm it's bittersweet because here's the sweet part is I get to talk to you and three weeks ago I got to hype up the movie that we were gonna do this morning fast and furious does anybody like fast cars and they like fast cars out there have you ever been in a fast car I've talking I've talked many times about being in fast cars there's nothing more scary than being in the passenger seat of a very fast car and nothing more empowering to the, be in the driver's seat of a fast car my friend C college student I was on the college campus so we were evangelizing he gives his life to Jesus and he's one of those kind of raw guys you know what I mean just like barely saved so I stepped in his Camaro and as we were going 140 miles an hour down the highway I feared for my life let's just say I prayed and I do believe in God and I knew where I was going my eternal well-being was set that is fast have any of you gone 140 miles an hour in a car not like in the sky in a car it's crazy it's it's intimidating it puts your head back into the seat and yet i could see the adrenaline and only if we could switch seats that's what i wanted to tell caesar that day if we could just switch seats fast and furious this series is amazing this saga it's it's a legacy for our time right seven movies i hear that there's rumor of an eighth movie coming out Yes, we can go see that. We'll celebrate that. I'll preach this message again next year when it comes out. Man, I, I it's it's amazing. I love this series and I think oftentimes when we're looking at these movies, the point of looking at movies is to see how they are modern day parables for our life and how we should live as Christians. And I believe that God's fingerprint is all over the earth. I believe that when you walk outside and you see the sunrise and you see the mountains and you see the beauty of creation, it's undeniable that there is a God undeniable. And when I see movies, I can see the fingerprint of God. And I don't think every movie is redeemable, right? Not every movie is redeemable. There are some that need to be trashed and never watched again. But I believe that these movies, especially the ones that I love, I'm going to justify in my mind, there is a reason I'm watching this, right? Don't we want reasons to watch what we watch? There are great analogies that we can pull out of these. And I think that oftentimes what we would do when we see fast and furious, we would go contrast. We would say that it would be good for us in a busy world to settle our mind, have peace, and focus on God. I think that would be a great, great sermon that I won't preach today. Because, you see, I think there is a greater theme in this saga that we have to explore, and it's the one of Family. 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 It's all about family. He says family probably at least a thousand times in this series. See, family is something that we all want. It's something that we all desire. We all long for family. And maybe, maybe if we don't have a great biological family, we long for some other type of family. There's some CrossFitters in here, and they have, a, they have a weird family, you know? They're paleo and all that stuff. I went to a paleo party yesterday with Brandy at her CrossFit. All I was looking for was the pizza, and all there was available was paleo. It was OK. It was OK. I made it through it and uh, I'm still saved and it's awesome so it was amazing <laughs> but man I, I know that we're all looking to belong somewhere we're all looking for family we long for family we long for this idea that where there would be a group of people that we could build trust with there would be a group of people that that would be selfless for one another and we would build a love with and lay down our life one for another I believe that family loves Family loves, they love well. When you meet a guy that you really like, like a friend, or, or maybe you have a girlfriend and, and y'all are just buddies and you're you're hanging out, all you want to do is like become closer, become best friends. You you talk about moving away with each other to to hang out and and, and go to the ski slopes and do whatever it is that you want to do. You want to be united. When I was younger, I had amazing brothers, an older brother and a younger brother, and I still do, thank God. And I have an older, younger, older brother and a younger brother. And, man, we bonded and we had so much fun. And then I always had like another outside best friend. And I just gravitated towards their family. I loved their family. And in fact, I remember that when I met these guys, what I would often do is like, man, we get along so well, dude, we should become blood brothers. Blood brothers, right? How, how many of you want to be blood brothers? And so, so I remember grabbing the pocket knife with my friend Taylor. and as we're hanging out with Taylor and I said okay what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna cut my skin and you cut yours and then we shake hands and our blood will forever be in each other little did we know biology maybe only the thing that was gonna be spread was disease but (laughs) but this was gonna be awesome well as we started putting the pocket knife in our hand we realized that really hurts why are we doing this you know what's better than blood brothers spit brothers So we spit on our hands and we shook hands, exchanged saliva on our hands, and it was awesome. We loved it. It was amazing. We long for family. We long for this idea of family. We long to be in a family with one another and a family loves. There's a great relationship in the Bible in 1 Samuel between Jonathan and David, this young shepherd boy. The youngest of his brothers, his brothers didn't even really like him that much. He became a hero, became so many things but by conquering a Philistine army with one throw of a sling and Jonathan, the son of Saul, the king. They united and they became friends. And in 1 Samuel 18, I want to look at their covenantal friendship in 1 Samuel 18, verse 3. It says this, then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him. As his own soul Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him because he cared for him and he laid down his life for him I love friendships and what I like is their friendships from fast and furious check out Brian and Dom and their friendship family gives Family gives to make the other one greater and I realize this is a bad analogy like he's giving us He's giving him a car so he can run away from the police. I realize that is horrible But what I do know is that family gives to make the other one greater and first Samuel What we read about Jonathan and David after they make their their covenant and they bring they bring love about the center of their relationship we see Jonathan In verse 4, he stripped off the robe that was on him and he gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. Your friendships, your friendships will help cultivate the success in your life. Your friendships will help cultivate the success in your life. Great friendships are giving something to somebody else to make them greater and elevate them above themselves. This is what we see Jonathan doing with David. In verse 5, so that Saul set him over the men of war, and this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's Servant, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. We love this verse. It's everywhere. We love it because of the meaning. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Jonathan knew this. He was going to sharpen David by giving him, him his robe. You see, you see, Jonathan had a robe that dictated his 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 heirship, his sonship, his his inheritance as as a prince in the kingdom of God and he was going to be king well taking off his robe was taking off his authority and giving it to David it was a powerful moment he was sharpening through armor he was sharpening him through armor he cared about david's protection and what's amazing about this David was offered armor more than once if you remember when David was going into battle as he was facing Goliath, facing his adversaries as he was facing all these things. Saul wanted to equip him. So Saul said, come in, put on my armor. And the armor was just too big. It just was too big. And what Jonathan realized is that Is that David wasn't replacing Saul's armor. And he wasn't replacing Saul. He was the successor to the throne. That he was going to succeed him. He was going to be the successor to him. So he was giving him his honor and saying, hey, you're a prince now, but you will be king one day. You are a successor. And so it was right that David wouldn't fit in Saul's armor. Because he was supposed to be in Jonathan's armor. Because that was his purpose through that friendship that was so amazing. He was sharpening him through the sword and bow and belt. He, was, he said, hey, give me your sling. I know that sling is powerful, man. It can kill giants. But give me your sling. I'm going to equip you and give you military dress so that you would be able to handle armies and lead like a military leader. He started giving them these things to protect him and lead battles. He equipped him in every way. That's what, a, that's what family does. Family gives you everything you need to get you to the place that you're going over and over again. And what I love about this, and we have to use this line, but family sticks together. Remember this scene. Ride or die Ride or die. Ride or die, baby. Ride or die. Let's get in the Camaro together, Caesar. Ride or die, baby. Here we go. We're going somewhere. We're going to stick together. We're together. Don't you love this, man? Don't you feel like you're at the movies in 1995? OK. Awesome. You know, Proverbs 18:24 says this, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I have the privilege of being on the college campus sometimes with our campus ministers, Austin and Elisa. And as I do, I'm able to engage college students. And what I've noticed about college students, they love the world of gaming. And it's it's not just college students. Oh, no, no, that's not the niche. I actually meet 20 year olds and 30 year olds and 40 year olds who love the world of gaming. And, and I asked them questions like, who are your friends? All oh, my friends are uh, 007K916. He lives in New York, right? Or something like that. And what I realized is this is that there's this false perception that that I can have many people around me surround myself with people every night on a walkie or I can have many people in my workplace or many people out in the marketplace. Wherever it is, I can have many colleagues. And they could be many companions, but they aren't friends. They aren't friends. They don't know my struggles. They don't know what's dealing, what I'm dealing with on the inside. They don't realize this, that, that in our anonymous poll on inside out, that 80% of people were joyful, but 3% of people were angry. 5% of people were mostly had fear surrounding them. And multiple percentages had disgust. Companions don't know. They think you're always joyful, shooting up the enemy over over Xbox. But a friend can just look at you and know there's something going on. That's the kind of friend that sticks closer than a brother. A friend that can see you and call things out in you and encourage you and look at your circumstance and say, I know where you are. I know where you are, I'm here. And they're intentional about it. They're intentional. I have many friends like this. Many friends who will ride or die with me. Many friends who will go with me to any limit. Many friends who will do life together and will challenge one another. I was humbled when we came to San Antonio, Texas, from a small oil town in Midland. And when we came here, we didn't know who was coming with us. But what I noticed is there were multiple friends who said, we're coming with you. We're going to stand with you. And we're going to lift up your arms and encourage you along the way. There's many people like that. And I hope, desperately hope that you have friends like that. And if you don't, my encouragement today is I believe through prayer and intentionality, you're going to find friendships that last forever. I believe that you're going to find these kinds of friends who won't just be yes people. But we'll be people who tell you what you need to hear. Family has each other's back. Family has each other's back. Our last cheesy scene from Fast and Furious. She definitely thought it was you. She looked that at me, bro. Maybe the lady we once knew is gone, Dom. Even though she's alive, maybe she's gone. You don't turn your back on family, even when they do. Family has each other's back. I love that scene. It's awesome. I know some of you are thinking that's the cheesiest thing in the world. But it's really why they sell tickets. Because people long for that. They desperately want that. They want a family that doesn't turn their back on each other. In John chapter 6, we have Jesus. He's walking with a multitude of disciples. And he's on a hillside. And there's over 5,000 people there. And he ends up finding a few fish and a few loaves of bread. And he feeds all of them. It's amazing what God does. He takes care of them. He provides for them. He gives them everything that they need. Later on in the chapter, Jesus actually walks on water, which Peter finds himself doing the same thing as he's chasing Jesus. All these things happen, and then later in John chapter 6, verse 60, Jesus was talking right before this verse how he is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. And he was telling them things that are hard to hear, hard for us, maybe to hear even in this room. In John 6.60, he says, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? It's hard for us to hear truth. It's hard for us to hear the gospel. It's hard for us to hear our friends when they're talking about Jesus. It's hard for us to listen to those things. You see, we just want we want the Jesus who feeds five thousand, and we want the Jesus who walks on water. But when we hear about the Jesus who offers eternal life, and it's only through Him, whoa, 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 Jesus! Maybe I'm out of this one. In John six sixty six, he says this: After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, "Do you want to go away as well?" Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus, we aren't leaving you. Jesus, you've given us life. More life than we had when we were professional fishermen. More life than we had when we were professional taxpayers, uh, tax collectors. More life than we had when we were doctors. More life than we had and fulfilled in our identity of career. You give an identity that is past an earthly identity. You give so much more. Jesus, we have seen you walk on water. We have tasted and seen your miracles, signs, and wonders. We have seen the deaf here in the blind see. We have seen the gospel given to the poor and hope restored to them. We've seen you pull pull more fish out of a basket than Santa pulls toys out of a out of a toy bag. That's pretty cool. We've seen you do so many things Jesus, but more importantly, you give us life. You give us life. And Jesus said in John 6:70 I know you say you chose me, but did I not choose you? You see, I chose you. I chose you. I called you by name. I called you to myself. I tapped you on the shoulder. I said, come after me. I brought you into a family. I have brought you into a home. I have prepared a place for you. And John 6, 47 says, truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Jesus is eternal life. Not that he gives eternal life, yes, but he is eternal life. And separate from him, there is no eternal life. So I'm not I'm not coming to speak truth to you. I'm not coming to just say those things. I'm not coming just to give you hope of one day. I'm giving you hope of now, because in this present time, you're walking with eternal life. In this present time, you're walking with Jesus, who's going to give life and life to the full. And if the worship team would come, help me close this out. In John 15, 13, Jesus loved them so much that he gave life to them. And it says this in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than the one that laid down his life for his friends. To prove that he was their friends, to prove that he was their friends, he hung on a tree and he took their place and he laid down his life for their life. You see, family loves. Family makes others greater than themselves. Families stick together. Family has each other's back. And lastly, family makes a home. Family makes a home. In Ephesians 2:19, it says this. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. You're no longer strangers and sojourners. You are no longer strangers and those wondering where is my family? Where do I belong? What is my place? But you are a fellow citizen with the saints and members of the household of God. It's why on Instagram and everywhere we hashtag one church, one family. Because we believe that we are a church who is a family under the name of Jesus, who has brought us together, who will bring purpose and identity more than anyone else. We are a people brought into a family not because of circumstance, or riding together in cars or adrenaline experiences. Those things will bring you close. But we are family because we're victims of His generosity of love and grace. I'm thankful that we are in the family of God. And I'm thankful that we have a family that we can call home. And I'm thankful that God is the Father. this family would you stand with me this morning church lord jesus i pray father that as people are wandering searching father trying to find their place their identity their purpose god i thank you that we're part of a universal church a church god that you have established by your son jesus we're so a part of that And Father, I'm thankful that we're part of a local church, a church where we get to see each other on a weekly basis, where we get to encourage each other and give high fives and love each other and cry together and be there when people hurt and celebrate when people are joyful. God, would we be a family that's intentional, one church, one family. And when people walk in this place, We could see them and elevate them above ourselves. We love you today. We praise you today. God, would you meet needs today? You're our Father, and you are good. You're a good, good Father. Amen.